Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening to my podcast. So today I have the extremely lovely Serena Dodd with me and I'm going to hand over to Serena to introduce herself because as regular listeners will know my my guests do a far better job (laughs) of of introducing themselves than I will ever do so Serena over to you please do introduce yourself to my fabulous listeners Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me on here. I, my name is Serena. I am a coach. I'm a positive psychology coach. I am a breathwork facilitator. I suppose in my old life, I was, um, or I still am, a um, professional events person. And um, about three years ago, decided that I was done with events, done with all the crazy traveling for other people. And um, now I work for myself, have an online business, and I help what I call hidden high achievers stop playing small and um, so that they can kind of attract the things that they want, like more confidence, more money, and and ultimately the freedom that people set out for when they start off in their business. So yeah, that's my, that's my main focus. And I do that a lot with sort of more action-taking mindset work and now bringing in the embodiment piece, which is the breath work. And um, I actually just finished a breathwork session probably about an hour before I got on the call with you today. So I feel pumped and ready for this podcast. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> I just want to touch on the breathwork because that's obviously the thing that you've just mentioned and you've just come out of. And I, I read a book just recently by um, James Nestor um, called Breathe. Fascinating, really interesting. And over the years um, through doing yoga, I've done a lot of breathwork myself. And I know I am predominantly a nasal breather but can you just sort of sort of enlighten the listeners a little bit more to the breath work and what what it is that you do with that because it's fundamentally what we all have to do daily (laughs) I have a friend of mine who's absolutely fascinated me he comes from the land of events and he doesn't understand a thing that I do and every time we meet up he's like okay now so I tell him all about I started this life coaching thing and he was like okay what is this? And then I started talking about sound <laughs> What is it? Strange like, thing. What is this? And then I told him that I was becoming a breathwork facilitator. He was like, "Stop it! I can't take any more. You're teaching people how to breathe." I'm like, "Yep, I'm teaching people how to breathe." So of course we are all breathing, and whoever of us, the 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 ones that are alive, are breathing. But we don't. Um, we spend a lot of time unconsciously taking in oxygen and we don't necessarily focus on breathing deeply and what the breath work time allows us to do is really bring in oxygen to our system and actually sort of asphyxiate a little bit the the brain of um, carbon dioxide and so when you are breathing in certain rhythmic patterns for a certain period of time what it does is it flushes out the carbon dioxide brings in more oxygen into the bloodstream, into your system, into the brain. And so when you then start to breathe back into your normal rhythm, it's almost like a reset for your system. It's a reset for the lungs. It's a reset for the brain. It's a reset for the blood. Um, because the whole time that you are almost going out of your natural breath rhythm, 
you've got something at the back of your neck called the brain stem and it's desperately trying to go back to normality. Um, so as soon as you start flushing the brain back into its normal pattern, it's going, thank goodness for that. And you almost have a refresh into the system. So it's really good for breath, doing certain breathwork patterns are really good for lung capacity. It's really good to, um, for, to calm your central nervous system because it brings more oxygen into, into the central nervous system. It's really good for your capacity to, for reactions, if you are quite a reactive person, um, if it's, it's great for anxiety. Um, there are so many elements of breath work. It's, it's almost becoming, the way yoga was in the 90s and the surge of popularity in the Western mm -hmm. world in the 90s, that's what breath work is currently at the moment. It's, it's really having that surge in because A, it's free, and B, it's it's very doable <laughs> to have such a great change of state in a very short period of time. The, the, the way that I work, and there, there are lots of people working in different ways, but the way that I work is anything under eight minutes um, is an in, intuitive way of breathing. So that you could, you could do a breath pattern for three minutes and go from feeling quite sluggish to having quite a lot of energy. Or you can do a meditative breath pattern, which could be anything from eight minutes onwards. And often I work with my clients for about 20 minutes, especially if they're new. And that really can help have a massive shift in the way that you are. So if you do suffer from anxiety, doing these sort of regular breathwork patterns and sessions can be of real advantage. I mean, I know just, I say little bits from the bits that I've done, you know, I say over the years with yoga and just what I've learned and picked up myself sort of intuitively. I know there are times when I just think, right, I just feel like I need to get some, clean my lungs out and I'll take this sort of real deep breath in and then I'll exhale and I'll exhale till every last sort of, drop of breath that's out of my lungs completely so I'm emptying them and then sort of breathe back in and completely fill them and and do that several times over and it's it does it makes you feel so much better and that's just one breath pattern I mean obviously you've got your pranayama and you've got lots of different breaths that mm. breath works so through one nostril through the other but the nose the importance of nasal breathing as I understand it because it's a filter and that's why it's so important to breathe through it. It cools the air and it, it warms the air. It depends, you know, which way you're breathing. And sometimes, as you say, with the breath work, you can do it through, you do it through the mouth as well, don't you? you can, yeah. There's lots of different I mean, ways of breathing. But it's, it, it's about invigorating the body and, and, and the way that you kind of bring the body into a certain energy will be through the mouth because that, that creates unevenness in terms of oxygen versus carbon dioxide and the brainstem's going crazy and it starts to really energize your system whereas breathing through the nose really helps it, it moderates the amount of oxygen going in and the amount of oxygen coming out it filters anything and any any viruses any anything that's out in the air it really helps filter that i mean your nose is, is such a great source of filtration so that you are breathing in as clean an air as you possibly can do so yes for advice for anyone if you want to feel a bit more hyped up which is what we naturally do if we go and exercise you are breathing through the mouth because you are taking in more oxygen and you are letting out more carbon dioxide and so that that really can, if you do that on purpose that can really start to energize your system if you want to calm down if you're feeling anxious it's a really breathing through the nose is a really good way but to get to that point is not always easy because if you're feeling like you're lacking breath it's really hard to go from sort of 
breathing through the mouth constantly to br- suddenly breathing through the nose. So a real good suggestion is is what what's called a halo active breath, which is breathing through the nose out through the mouth, because you can do that mm-hmm. in a way that allows you to calm the system down until you're able just to breathe solely through the nose. I mean, I've got a friend who's got who suffers from asthma, and um, think she said something about she's got rhino something to do with the nose. So she she I think there's a fear attached to breathing through the nose so she breathes through the mouth but that's not good for asthma either so this i think this there's so many complexities but you know obviously the value of breathing predominantly through the nose as you said because of the filtration but this there's so much attached to it but how what what got you into it anyway i've tried so so i i've i've now been coaching for a few years and i love the mind work and i think the mind work is really powerful and i wasn't out looking for anything in particular i've tried tapping i've done hypnosis i've done like the rtt and i love it all i really do but nothing really hit home to me like breath work i did i I did had my breath first ever breath work session last january and it was instant it was an instant connection for me because i found that i did a meditative breath work which was for an hour um, and I found that the almost the energy and the buzz sensation that happened all over my body lasted for about 24 hours. And I thought, this is absolutely incredible. Wow. And then I started to do sort of shorter breathwork um, sessions, which I could do most mornings. And it would help me really change state if I was really tired or if I wasn't feeling it for that time of the month or whatever. All I would need to do is focus on breath and start to really help energize the body. And it doesn't cure everything, but it does really help you move your mind into a different space. And it really helps with my coaching because we all have certain habits, certain ways of thinking, certain beliefs, and they are all part of our neuralistic programming. And when you start to incorporate change at a cellular level, when you want to start changing a habit, it really allows you to ease more into that. So even though I can help people with their mindset and start changing, like working to change their mindset, when it starts with the body wanting to do that as well, it really, it's it, it's almost like the step up to making mm-hmm. shifts and changes in, in your life. So that's what, that's that's predominantly why I did it. I knew it worked for me and if it works for me, I know then I can I can I can teach it. So that's mm-hmm. that's why I started yeah. it. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, there's so many different as you referred to. There are so many sort of tools, techniques, holistic therapies out there, and it's what resonates. It what works yeah. for you and how you. And then that passion, and the, the, I can hear that in your voice, and that sort of passion that actually comes out with it. And because you're passionate, and that will resonate, and that connects with somebody else, and they go, oh yeah. And as you said, it's about changing. So that, that state, breaking state, changing state, implementing new ways and patterns of behavior because we aren't our behavior. You can make those changes. But then yeah. if you're integrating mind, body and spirit all at the same time, it's powerful stuff, you know. But it's, we, we can do all these changes, but it's that consistency, that consistent approach and, and, and knowing and believing that this this can happen. And setting that intention, intention setting is so powerful as well, you know, yeah. when you've got all of that going on. So... 
so exciting that you've you've discovered something so powerful and you love it so much, which is awesome. But I mean, it's a far cry, really, from what you what you used to do, isn't it? Which <laughs> probably had you holding your breath most of the time. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's really it's really interesting. And I only found this out in the past sort of six months. Is our whole system, whether uh, if we are excited versus when we're in anxiety everything in our system is the same. Anxiety and excitement is exactly the same. The only difference is the way that we breathe. And the word, this is why I believe the power of the reframe, because, you know, talking to people that are anxious, it's it's a different, use a different word to describe it. It gives you a different experience. Absolutely. I mean, the more you tell yourself that you're anxious, um, the more anxious you become. Um, it's like if you tell yourself you're cold consistently, you become colder. Uh, it's scientifically proven. The more you tell yourself something, the more it really, really establishes. That's why I tell clients of mine who will get, give me certain beliefs. I'll just say, I believe you. Oh, this won't work for me. Well, I believe you. And that's that's you can only start to make change when you start realizing that your belief system is just a mechanic that's happened in the brain. And that was like me. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I, I and I, the reason that I know and understand this subject so well is because I was that person I was in events and you know my life was very reactive and I I didn't do sort of small events I was doing you know like the Olympics no not at all and you know all of those sorts of things expansory what was it you actually did though in these events because it I mean it is actually it sounds amazing and it sounds exciting so do do share and then then please Um, do explain what what happened because what brought about the change very quickly start off I I started in television and I and I, I, I worked for um BAFTA over in the states that was my first ever job um, I moved from there. <laughs> That's in, not a bad in... first job. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, no, I mean, aside from the pub jobs and the cleaning toilets, I have done that, those jobs too. Yeah, um, yeah I know, but, but that's um, a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool one to have on your CV, Serena, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? So I did that and then I kind of merged into television and then almost by accident ended up in events because I was, I was um, asked to come and work to film events um, and these were not small events these were like let's shut down the Champs-Élysées and put a hundred tons worth <laughs> of sand down and do an extreme mountain biking competition and film it and put that put put these you know s- I remember at the time we were doing this very futuristic thing where you would uh, bypass a pole and it would say this is the Bluetooth pole and you'd pass the Bluetooth pole and you'd get a Mobisode and that was a 30 second clip on your mobile phone and that was very exciting and then which makes oh, wow. me sound ancient and then you would have then we would so we'd do mobisodes <laughs> and we would do webisodes very different back then and then we would do programs for like channel four and we would distribute around the world so my job was to work with production companies as I'd come from a production company a television production company and do the events and as life had it we had the recession and uh, the company that I worked for doing these like filming these events we went from a company of 40 to a company of five and I was in that five and so my job changed so you basically just had to get on with it so I ended up um, almost account handling rather than filming and so I went from doing that and I we did some charity events and um, some sort of smaller events I suppose we did one event at Silverstone and then I ended up getting this gig for um, the Olympics and I was running the uh, Olympic torch relay on behalf of Samsung so we went round with the torch um, and for 70 days from uh, 
uh, Land's wow. End all the way up and around and Ireland and everywhere. It was fantastic. Oh, crikey. Wow. Um, but yeah, I did. Uh, so I, I, I'd done a lot of large scale events. And by the end of it, I I just realised after so I'd been doing this at, at this point for about 15 years and I was like, I'm 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 done with this and um but I didn't mm-hmm. have the confidence to move on I I felt like you know I knew so many people in the industry I was bringing in good money um who changes their career in their 30s like this it just wasn't even like I was in an environment where I just couldn't feel like I could talk about this stuff because I just felt something was wrong with me um, so I started my own events company because <laughs> uh, I thought that was the way to go. And <laughs> I started working for myself and I started freelancing myself out and getting some clients. I did some work overseas in, in the Middle East. I worked Formula One. I was always sort of project handling. So I was the account director mm-hmm. for a number of projects and people would bring me in to kind of help them win work. So production companies would help me come in and, and win some work for them. Um, and I was quite good at that. I was very good on the client service side of things but it got Mm -hmm. to um 2018 and I was doing a conference my first ever conference um I was I was asked to come in and be the uh executive producer for 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 this 10,000 person conference in um in Barcelona and it was wow it was at that point like it, it I mean to be honest with you it was a big project but I had done bigger and for some reason, it was the pinch point. I had, I had, um, it was about a week out, and we had basically done everything that we needed to do. And I'd finished my sort of, I'd start my day at seven in the office, and I'd finish at about ten. And uh, about a week out, we were sort of all ready to go, ready to head off to Barcelona. And I was like, guys, I'm off for a, I'm off for a massage. It's seven p.m. And I was like, yeah, go, go, go. Have a enjoy. And um, I was getting this massage and I had a huge anxiety attack. I equate it to sort of years of just not feeling right or aligned with mm-hmm. what I was doing. We finished the job. I got asked to go to the States to, to, to do this project again. And I said, no. And that's it. I just I just left the industry. I didn't know Ooh, what I was doing. Oh, you made me do. go tingly. You've made, <laughs> you've made me tingle because you've made that. It's, the, it's your body telling you, isn't it? It's that decision and just... yeah. That inherent knowing, but following your instinct and your intuition. All I knew was I wasn't doing this again. I wasn't going down this path of like, I, you would just be in a vortex for six months of like start a project. And then you're in this sort of like seven o'clock. The projects, they don't really have the resource that they should have. And so therefore, if you're the type of person that I am, which is making sure that the project goes really, really well, you martyr yourself. And I definitely felt like, if, looking back, I was definitely the martyr. And I, I, because you, you want to please people all the time. You want to make sure that the clients please, mm-hmm. that the people, you know, you're only as good as your last job. So you're, you're working to make sure that everyone's happy. And it just wasn't for me anymore. And I didn't even think about what I was going to do next. I just said, I'm done. And I shut the business. And that was it. But that's brave though, Serena, isn't it? I mean, it is. I mean, and I think it's those moments when you do take the plunge like that and you do step out. Everything does work out because you yeah. put yourself in a position to to bring about the changes that you need to bring about. And it's not, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, I've got, as you know, I mean, I've got a recruitment business. And when you're talking to people who've perhaps been made redundant and things like that, or wanting to get out of something, things things will evolve because 
a vacuum doesn't exist. <laughs> and you've got all those skills, they're all transferable, but it's, it's taking that time to work out what it is you want to do next. But I'm just curious before we kind of move on, but did, did, were there many markers along the way? Were, were there things that had happened that had sort of led you to listening to your body at that particular moment and make, listening to your instinct that you'd, yeah. not, you'd had, but you hadn't listened to before? Totally. Like I, um, and I say this because A, I'm about to write, uh, uh, I'm a co-author of a book about to write about this specific topic because I think it's so important to listen to your body. But B, because, I, you know, if any of your listeners that are out there and they're sort of suffering, like I felt like I was suffering, I felt very um, alone. I, I started going, this is, the events industry is very cool and a lot of people really, really enjoy it. And I did definitely for a period of time, like I enjoyed the television industry and, you know, I just merged naturally into into what I was doing. It's very cool to be traveling all around the world. It's very cool, you know, to to, to be with a group of people who are all aligned to, to, to make something happen. And, you know, sometimes you fly by the seat of your pants. We shut down the whole of, at one point, we shut down the whole of um, Trafalgar Square. We had the biggest closure in <laughs> London. And in six weeks, I was employed to put up a marquee in uh, in part of London. And it within the space of a week, that turned into a whole road closure for Formula One. And, you know, shutting down the natural um, portrait gallery. And, uh, you know, you, you oh, kind man. of think, well, this is crazy. This is so exciting. And when you are doing that to the, the level of stress without the right resource and you're doing it all the time and you are the type of person that wants to, to, to make this right, it can take a toll. So I started doing things mm-hmm. probably six years before I even changed, before I had the change in career. And this really happened around the time of the Olympics. I stopped seeing people. I wasn't socializing. I felt mm-hmm. like I had nothing to say to people because my mind was so focused on, you know, at the weekends I just put on the TV and my downtime was not watching the TV. My downtime was cooking because that was the only thing that was getting me away from the laptop because while the TV was on, I was doing budgets on a Sunday, all Sunday. I wasn't going out and I wasn't taking care of myself. And I felt like Mm -hmm. even though I was seeing friends on occasion, it was an effort. And it was like, I'm just downloading everything that's going on and blah, 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 blah. Now you go now. Okay. Tell me everything. Okay. Nice. See you in a couple of months next. And it just felt I I wasn't present with my, with my life. And then as soon as I got to work, I was fast, 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 fast pace. And anyone that was slow, that wasn't keeping up, I had no time for, and let's keep going, let's keep going. And I'm like, this isn't me. This is not what I'm here on earth to do. As fun as that can be in your twenties, because you're climbing the ladder and everything else. And there are certain responsibilities that you don't have. Suddenly you're in positions where, you know, a lot is relied upon you for and you take pride in that and you know my career is very important to me and I really enjoyed that but it was also the problem was it was my identity and I didn't Mm -hmm. want I got to a point where I didn't want that to be my identity anymore and so it took a long time it took it took yeah six years for me to actually and this sort of panic anxiety attack to to just go enough I mean there was nothing more than I wanted to do than go and work in San Francisco but there was no conversation it was just no thank you you get to points in life and you just you just know but from all that you said I mean that excitement that adrenaline it takes its toll because you know you you want to do the best because that's the type of person you are and it becomes an overdone strength because you you are caring you you do want the best for your clients you do want to do the best job for yourself you do want but 
it's all too easy to get caught up into that sort of that 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 pace that that hamster wheel of it all that sort of continuous sort of as you say and you drop everything else just to focus in on that and it's like then suddenly your body sort of no and it's it's awesome that you actually listened to it and just did that and stopped like that because a lot of people can have a lot of major health issues that can really really knock them out before they sort of stop and listen um and it can sometimes it can almost be well, I say not too late, but it, it there's a lot of other things that have happened because I think, you know, our bodies, the universe, the, there's energies that take place that are going, hello, hello, yeah. are you listening? <laughs> are you yeah. listening? And it, it is about making those adjustments. I mean, I know for myself last year, I took on probably too much and come come November in 2021, I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've just got to step back. I've got to back away from all the stuff that I've been doing. And I had just launched the podcast, but I'd been doing so much other stuff. I thought, Sarah, what are you doing? You know, yeah, because I get excited. <laughs> I get excited about doing stuff. And you just, then suddenly you realise you've piled it all on and you go, whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> I yeah. need to slow down. It's funny. I, I, 2019 for me was the first year that my career was not put first. And I put it down to learning I just wanted to learn again and I wanted I moved out of London and I wanted to make friends as in not college friends not old school friends as much as I love them I wanted to I was really good with people before and I couldn't understand what went wrong and it wasn't that I wasn't good with people anymore it's just I had no confidence I had real confidence in my ability to put on an event and it's really funny because I've been offered some incredible work since and there's nothing less that I want to do than than, than do something like that. <laughs> so um, but it's just it's just that's not my path anymore. And I absolutely a bad day for me now is not a bad day. It's just I adore what I do and I, 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 I realigned where my focus was in 2019 and the focus was about learning, being open-minded, being curious, not always being right. Because mm. I'm always right. Because I was right in my career and I had no time not to be right outside of my career. So that was a really nice release and change, not to be right, to be curious, to be a learner again. Um, and to throw myself into challenging situations socially. So I just, I'd go into environments where I knew no one and would introduce myself. I remember going and having my first salsa class and I thought, okay, well, I'm in now, that's fine. And they were like, okay, now everyone pick a partner. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God. (laughs) Luckily some random guy came up to me and then you're dancing. As soon as that happened, fine got got in with it and I've made some great friends doing things like that and throwing myself into situations and trying to build my confidence back into that into that space but it did take yeah it did well, take time but it is about putting yourself out there and that's exactly you know which is what you've sort of clearly demonstrated I mean it's because you've got yourself so caught up in work I mean your work scenario sounds very much like my sort of previous life when I was with my ex-husband for 20 years you know and that I left that in 2005 uh, but I didn't have a network of friends and so very much like yourself I mean I was going out to the, the golf club dues with my, my parents because I had no social life. And my mum my mum gave me a great piece of advice she said just you know accept every invitation it was something that somebody had told her at some point in her life that they did uh, advise somebody and I did and I went to 
all sorts of things. I hijacked my brother's life and friends to meet people and made friends at the school gate because my son was only six at the time. And, you know, I'd suddenly embarked on life as a single mother. And you, you start to carve out, you start to make friends. And yeah, sometimes the people that you start off with, they might fall by the wayside, but you make connections. And it, it's just about, you know, making those connections and seeing who you... Um, you connect well connect with connections but who who you resonate with isn't it you know and it's it, it i felt very much probably like you did you starting from i felt like i started from scratch i literally was back at home with my parents sharing my old bedroom with my son and um yeah sitting on my parents sofa going okay <laughs> what yeah. sort of life have i got <laughs> Yeah. And now, I mean, I've got a network of people. I mean, it's, my life bears no resemblance to the one that I used to live at all. Like, obviously, yours is completely different. And I, you know, take my hat off to you because you've, I mean, that excitement, that life, it's something that a lot of people crave. And as you say, it's great for a certain time, perhaps in your in your 20s. But once you start to recognise where your true purpose is and how you can fulfil your potential, it all starts to fall into place. And I love the word that you used, and it's one of my favourite, curiosity and learning and embracing and being open-minded because yeah and actually as you get older you get wiser and you don't actually really give them <laughs> no, do you? Just, no exactly and I you're think happy that, with yourself <laughs> you're happy with yourself you, you know you realize that you've got one life this is not uh and I find this actually when even, even something as, as simple as doing an online course you can go back you can go back you can go back and then suddenly when you're watching something live like a live workshop you're like oh no I actually really have to listen to this because I'm not going to get this again I actually have to listen and and and, and, and follow through and that's life life is not it 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 sounds cliche but sometimes you think that you know certain things are just going to come to you they're just going to happen and actually unless you start making the right steps into the world that you would want, it doesn't happen. And it took me this attack to, because what happened that night was I actually couldn't get on the train because I'd lost my sight. And I, I the only thing oh that gosh. I could do was find, I, I managed to get some sight back and I found um, a contact who came to pick me up, had no idea what was going on with me. I couldn't really speak. And then I went to sleep on their sofa because I couldn't get home, which was only half an hour away. And um, following morning, back to it, normal, went do, 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 same. The event was in a massive success. And at the end of it, I was done. I was like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. And I think that, um, yeah, when when your when your mindset is such that you you, you make that those types of decisions, um, you then need to. Th- think about what you want to prioritize because leaving something that you see as colossal in your life you know that's your that's been your identity or that's how you see yourself that's been your story and going into something else you suddenly realize unless you want to glide through life you have to start taking the action which is why I'm so focused on when I like the work that I do now yes it's mindset work yes it's embodiment work but it's all about what action you take as well so it's and I think that's really important because I think as much as it is lovely to meditate and I think that it has a a, you know meditation breath work the way your mind work is is crucial but so is taking massive scary action so I think, and that's, and that's how I can <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, well, that's how you try I totally life. agree with you. 
It is, it is. And that's, you know, it's, I've done this several times over, I say, from going self-employed in 2009, the height of the recession as a single mum and having to get a bank loan to get, to set myself up in recruitment to then sort of training as a coach myself. And, you know, and more recently, you know, I booked myself onto an ex- the best U Expo a few years ago. Oh, I'll, I'll do that. That's a good idea. Oh, I need something to promote, which is then what pr- prompted me to write my book. And then then last year just just things you launch yourself into and you go oh okay well I'm here now <laughs> I need to do something about it but it is it's those steps you take whether they're small or big you have to take action I always there was um, a book called by Rob Moore Rob Moore's um I don't know if you've read any or listened to any of his stuff but it's a book called Life Leverage and in that book and I quote it actually in my book he says the law of attraction without action is a distraction and I really like that quote because it, it's like you you can set intentions, but unless you do take action, you do position yourself, you do make those connections, have those conversations, speak about what it is you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. If you're just sat there going, right, well, I've put it out to the law of attraction. I'm now going to watch Coronation Street. Yeah. Um, so so, so why, why, hasn't, why hasn't this happened then? I, I, I've thought about it and I know what I want. Where is it? <laughs> yeah. But it's not about forcing it, though, is it? It's it's about having that intention. It's about uh, tuning your mind in, having that clarity and knowing what it is that you want to achieve so you recognise the opportunities along the way and you take advantage of them. I think what you just said there is is, is huge, like the, the clarity part of it, because clarity equals power, no matter what, whether you are creating mm-hmm. a course, whether you have a vision for yourself in mind. The amount of times, and I totally get this myself, as you grow up, your mind is so future focused that you are excited about life and there is so much possibility. And as you get towards the end of your 20s, that possibility and that future focus starts going towards being present and and, and, and looking in the past. And a lot of the reasons for that is, is because life happens either in your job, you become more successful you climate you have more responsibility you might have a mortgage you might have kids that just responsibility happens and that's where the dreaming starts to stop and or it becomes the capacity to to dream becomes less so what happens is you go through the, the the sort of like next part of your life you start to have this notion of well this is life this is, you know, these are my circumstances. This is what happens. And that capacity to dream really, really shortens. And it's funny because if you'd asked me seven years ago or five years ago, you know, what's the dream? From 15 years ago, the dream was massive to what's the dream? It, it, it was almost like just survival, really. Like I can only think about the next three weeks. And I ask people this mm-hmm. a lot when I coach them because you can see their capacity to understand what's possible for them in the future is not massive on the on, on the whole. And I make them start to explore. It takes so much more sucrose and juice to to work the creative <laughs> energy and get back what you had before in your 20s and in your teens. And of course the the, the vision changes, but that capacity to dream starts to expand if you allow it to. We don't allow ourselves mm-hmm. to because we feel like, well, this is our circumstances now. This is this is basically how we're going to live for the next 40 years. And it's not. And I think that is what's really important is to understand where you want to go and get that clarity 
and then you can start making mm-hmm. those changes. And that does come with mindset work. Of course it does, and, and the embodiment helps, but it's the action. And you need the mindset work in order Absolutely. to take that action on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's quite interesting you should say that because I always and I always considered myself having my my 20s in my 40s because I was 39 when I left my ex-husband. I'd met him when I was 19. And so my life was very much caught up with him and the work that we that we bought houses, did stuff up. We, we were always doing things, but without going into all the history of all that, when I came out of that relationship, as I've already alluded to, that, that I didn't really have much of a a life and I, I sort of started on my sort of journey of reawakening if you like because all the stuff that I was reading and understanding and hearing going oh well that's I'm not the only person that thinks like that or anyway I, I allowed myself to sort of blossom if you like um but I felt like as I say I was having my 20s in my 40s and suddenly with all of when I started on the sort of you know quali- studying and qualifying as a as a co- life coach 12 that was 10 years ago and all the subsequent stuff that I've done since this is when all of my I might say my personal development my spiritual development that's when my I had all my what I call my bigger picture my sort of that dreaming like you said it's like that's when it all came to me I never really had it I remember at the age of 10 wanting to develop my signature for when I was famous but you know (laughs) that never happened in my 20s but you know I was in the I was in a relationship that didn't sort of support and encourage me to do other stuff but then I was sort of very much caught up in living life um didn't really think anything beyond anything much else because I was always busy supporting my ex-husband with his business. And so really all of my stuff's happened in my 40s and now I'm sort of heading towards 57 this year and and I'm still really, really excited about life and doing stuff. And and so I always like to say, to, you know, you can you can kickstart it at any time, which is what you've just said. You know, it's, it's reigniting that. It's having that excitement and knowing what it is, you know, what you want to do. And I just love doing this, like you're talking to you and of harnessing happiness globally and yeah, yeah. I mean crikey we've been chatting now I can't believe 40 minutes we've been chatting Selena <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh this is not surprising though <laughs> I could do another I could do another I could probably chat to you all day to be fair what makes you a happy person today um, then what I is think it? what's really important is knowing that you have a human experience and that comes with the good days and the bad days and the bad feelings and the good feelings and allowing it all. I think we are so conditioned to feel like we should be happy all the time. And so guess what? When we're not happy, that makes us even worse because we feel like we should be happy. And, you know, life is about balance and it's about just accepting that some Mm -hmm. days are just not great days. And if you, and really all the negative side of life, whether that's a negative challenge look like as a a challenge things haven't gone right for you maybe you've just had a bad day um all of that's that side of feelings it's just a vibration in your body so now i understand that now that i can i can really process the fact that life does not need to be great all the time life's so much better because I understand how I can process those feelings and not avoid them and not and not put them in the pleasure zone. The pleasure zone is this sort of area of um, instant gratification. I used to do it a lot with food. A lot of people do it with food or, or over drinking, mm-hmm. but I used to do it a lot with food and go down that route um, and eat a lot um, to kind of, because as soon as you start eating a lot, the vibration in your body slows down. Um, and it doesn't feel as angsty or anything like that. So 
you know, now I process those feelings um, and I don't use instant gratification for them. And people do it in different ways. They either over, they, you know, they spend money or they over porn or they over drink or they overeat or something. They go into that sort of, <laughs> that sort of space of, of instant gratification. But I, 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 I don't anymore. If I want to eat a lot, I do it because I choose to want to eat a lot. If I want to go out and spend, then I will choose to do that on purpose rather than avoid feeling and um that's what's Mm -hmm. made me happy and also really understanding my purpose now and my purpose is you know making sure that I'm sort of aligned with my soul and that really is to help other people and actually more specifically um loneliness I think that loneliness comes in so many different forms and I know Mm -hmm from my experience that I had everything. And so who am I to feel lonely? But it felt really lonely. Who am I to feel sad? But I felt really sad. And it was really important, it's really important for me to help people get out of their own way so that they can stop Mm -hmm. feeling the loneliness of I shouldn't feel like this. I've got all the, I've got the family. I've got the, I've got the this, I've got the this, I've got the this. I shouldn't feel like this. And actually it's okay to feel like that. Let's just start making the right changes in your life. So that for me is, as long as I'm aligned with that and, and helping people with that, that makes me happy. How do people get in touch if they want to talk to you about anything they've been listening, tune into, breathwork, whatever it is? How, where, where are you? How can they find you? Uh, you can go on to, well, you can go onto my website um, and, uh, and join my email list. Uh, my website's in development at the moment, but go onto it and you can, you can just, you can get all the sort of, you have to do lots of tips and uh, give you stories and all of that sort of stuff uh, on there. So my website is Serena Dodd. D-O-D-D, S-E-R-E-N-A-D-O-D-D.com. And I have a Facebook group as well, um, which is just about to change. It's called uh, the Hidden High Achievers Lounge. So, and that again is that you will get breath work in there for free. You will have lots of different tips and stories and all of that sort of stuff so it's a good space to be oh it's been an absolute blast thank you so much serena for sharing so much with the listeners it's been an absolute pleasure so thank you as well for listening i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have please do rate review follow subscribe whatever it is that you do on your uh, platform and and let's Let's spread this happiness globally, which I know it already is, but the further afield and the more people wherever you are, the better, because a drop in the ocean ripples out and we can we can help people change lives with a different mindset and different ideas and top tips, etc. for happiness. So thank you again. And this has been me, Sarah, Jane Ayler at Harnessing Happiness. And all the very best until next time. Take care. Lots of love. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.